Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Now is the moment for The Art of Being, Unity, Inquiry, and the Power of Now, with Rev. Warren Dale Blackford from Unity Church of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Turn your attention to the here and now as we open our minds and our senses, shining light upon your questions, observations, and requests in this radio sanctuary. Now here is your host, Rev. Warren Dale Blackford. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Art of Being. This is your host, Reverend Warren Dale Blackford. Really glad to be here. It's another beautiful day in the greater Toronto area. A little, still winter, though. Winter doesn't want to let go yet, but the sun's out. Spring is on the way. I'm watching. As I walk around, I see the, uh, the sprouts, the grass, and the flowers popping up. So, Yay, hooray, spring is on the way. At any rate, glad to, glad to have you with us. Excuse me. Still, I'm still getting over my cold a little bit, but I'm much, much better. And I know some of you sent me emails. I really appreciate that. Uh, and, and I know you sent more than your emails. You've been sending your your uh, love and faith in my body, healing well. And boy, has my body been responding to it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I've got a special treat for you today. I've got a, a, a guest with me today, uh, a, a person, a, a friend I met just recently, and I've just had an amazing experience getting to know this fellow and his his name is Jonathan Evatt, and he's from New Zealand. He's a, he's a teacher and a writer. In fact, uh, he's written a book that's uh, called Peace, Power, and Presence, uh, Wisdom for a Life of Freedom. And it's the winner of the Ashton Wiley Charitable Trust Unpublished Manuscript, Manuscript Award. That's a mouthful. Also a winner of a shortlisting award in the mind-body-spirit genre in uh, 2006. And uh, just have been really enjoying having... Uh, Jonathan with us, and so I really wanted, I got to thinking, I just can't keep him all to myself, so I'm going to share him with you. So that's really exciting. So Jonathan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Thank you. Good, Hi. good to have you on board with us. Welcome to the Art of Being. Great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and again, remi- reminder, as we're talking, I know a lot of you like to listen and not call in, but that's, it's always, you know, you're always welcome to call in and ask questions. If you have some questions for Jonathan or me, feel free. Just call in. The, the toll-free number is one eight 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 three four six nine one nine four. Again, one eight 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 three four six nine one nine four. So I'm going to deviate from our topic today, whatever it was. And um, there's so many things that I've been talking with Jonathan about that I thought uh, it's kind of like where do I start? But I I was thinking of one that I just actually came upon in his book, and I thought maybe I'd I'd ask you about that, Jonathan, because you you mentioned it last night in the the group we were in and. And I like the I like the way you addressed it. So maybe you could talk a little bit about this because our, our the group here that we're that, that listens to this program it's a it's a great group. They're really working. People are working with the idea of presence versus mm-hmm. the idea of what what I would call you know being consciousness versus becoming consciousness. And I know that's what you're about. So and the cha- the chapter I'm thinking about and the topic I'm thinking about maybe you could talk a little bit about is the, is the one about a uh, life as medicine. Mm-hmm. And I, because the way you were talking about it last night, it was it really struck me as really very simple and uh, clear. So maybe you get a little idea about. And if you, if you feel like filling in a little bit about your background while you're doing it, have at it. Great. So uh, yeah, life as medicine is uh, essentially something I've come to recognize by being present to life around me and uh, through me, 
medicine, as you may know, the word medicine is simply referring to something that orientates us towards wholeness, um, towards the state of, of health. The word health, again, dictionary definition is wholeness or soundness, which also brings us into atonement, at one mint uh, of body, mind, and spirit. So the principle of, of recognizing life as medicine is the realization that, that everything that's happening in my world, both internally within my feelings and thoughts and, and in the apparent external world, uh, it's essentially there with, with one purpose. And uh, I, I could put that frame that purpose, I could describe it in different ways, but I'll put it one way, and that is simply to, to wake each of us up to the fullness of, of what we are, which simultaneously that's about fully incarnating, mm -hmm. which uh, from one point of view is, is the journey of the Christ into the flesh and, uh, and, and to resurrect that into its, its full magnificence. Okay. So life is medicine, essentially what, whatever's going on around me it removes the idea that things are happening to me. A lot of people experience life as though things are happening to them, uh, whether it's good things or bad things or whatever sort of things they've got going on, that stuff happens to me. It's kind of coming at me, and here I am doing my best to, to deal with it, to fend it off, to, to embrace it, or whatever the case may be. From the point of view of, of life as medicine, actually everything is happening for me. That's an important word for, not even through, but for actually is almost indicating like a benefit. Yeah, that whatever it is, it's happening for me. And again, we're coming back to that, that purpose of the medicine is to bring us back into that state of wholeness, that we're fully conscious and awake and aware and we're living from that place. We can take that a step further and say not only is it not happening to me, but it's happening for me, it's also happening through me or through that which I am. Mm -hmm and extending itself out into the world and mirroring back to me that which I've become unconscious of. And one can then, through being present for that, bring that into consciousness, bring that into awareness. Yeah. Okay. So, like last night when we were having the group discussion, it was because I think it's a common thing that comes up when, you know, when, I, when I work with people is that uh, there's a common perception when we think things are happening to us. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm practicing my spiritual my spiritual path, I'm doing pretty well, and then I get around people like my family or somebody like that, and, and you know, then, you know, like, I can't practice my spiritual practice because when I'm engaged with my family, it's just all these buttons push, and I get, mm -hmm. I get crazy, I get, I get uh, uh, hooked and reactive, and so kind of talk to me, explain a little about mm -hmm. how you see that as medicine and how that's working. Uh, it sounds to me you've just described a stronger dose of medicine. <laughs> I've just gone from 50 milligrams of whatever it is to 100. And uh, um, with, our, with the people that are particularly close to us, and obviously some of the closest are our family. I mean, we're incarnating together and living out that, that nucleus together. So the way I've observed things work is that it's, it's with those people that will tend to play out the, the, some of the deepest layers of our subconscious. And, and therefore the situation can seem to get the most out of hand. That, that, you know, that there might be stuff that just goes on between me and my mother or my brother or whatever siblings I've got or my partner, um, where, you know, as, as a lady said last night, you know, she feels like she can, she can 
stay present and, and stay with herself when she's in many situations, but in those situations, she's, it's just out of hand. Yeah, right. So the, the, the same principle applies, though. It's still medicine unfolding, that whatever's being triggered there is, is my own life force that, that's gone into unconsciousness, and it's trying to push its way back into consciousness, mm -hmm. back into what I would describe as the known, where, where one can now utilize yeah. it. So the, the approach really doesn't change, but, but what I've found is the approach many people have and learn about through spirituality and these sorts of things uh, to their life and, and what they're doing, it's often missing a number of key components, and therefore when the person ends up in this very, what they find to be very intense dynamics, it kind of doesn't seem to apply anymore. Um, my approach, I, I get pretty simple and basic, and, and it's simply to feel everything come back to the body and one can use the breath to do that and, and, and just stay with the feeling without any need to analyze it or to, to give it labels or any of that. I mean, that might go on, but it's, it's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Therefore, one doesn't have to engage in that and give a lot of attention to that to actually just bring the attention back into the body, back down into the belly mm -hmm. and, uh, and to really stay there and stay with the feeling. So if you're like in a, like <clears throat> there is a lot of, say like a lot of, lot of chaos appears going on like family dynamics, about uh, projecting stuff back and forth on each other. As you're feeling, what, can you describe a little bit what that would, 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 might look like a little bit or what that might feel like? Um, yeah, I, th I think what, what perhaps ordinarily happens for people, and I've certainly seen it in my own life, is that when I'm not staying present to reality in life at that, that level of feeling, um, one tends to go up into the mind. And there'll be a, and or emotions. To me, thought and emotional activity are a very similar force, just playing out in different aspects of our being. Mm -hmm. So we either start heavily emoting things and getting all emotion, emotionally sort of into a drama about things, but typically there'll also be a mental story that goes along with that, which may involve judgments. It might be criticisms, which may be self-criticisms, projected criticisms onto the other people. Uh, I'll start labeling things. I might start putting conditions on things. And, and one gets very caught up in that, and it, it takes a lot of energy. So that's why, I mean, essentially, in hindsight, a person might look at all that and just say, well, I just couldn't, I can't maintain myself. I can't stay present to that. What do I do? Um, so, again, as, as soon as I notice that going on, and it just takes practice, that, that with a bit of practice, and, and that practice can be happening outside of those environments, I can just be sitting with nature and, and connecting with a plant in my garden at a feeling level. Mm -hmm. I can sit with myself in meditation and just feeling inside the body and just staying very present to that. And that slowly sets up the, basically the neurological and biochemical pathways in the body that enable us to, to approach reality in that way. I mean, they're habit patterns. So it's become very habitual to go up into the mind. Okay. So you might... You might even see as you, as you become more present, as these dynamics occur, they could change, but also you could even see them in whole different ways where you could, you could almost see people acting out their, their dramas almost like different colored flowers or something. You get a sense of, yeah. of, a, of, a, of a unique experience rather than, a, you start, rather than the judgment about what, what the story means. About uh -huh. This is who they are, where they've been, why they've always done this, what this causes. It, it, it becomes something where which I start to see when I'm present is that when I become more present, it's like everything has its own, has a beauty to it. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Everything exactly. does. Yeah. yeah. And what I find is, is uh, 
where previously I may have been seeing uh, what I would describe as a call of, of pain or fear or separation coming from those around me, that, that everything becomes a call for love. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm in a position where I can, I can embrace it with love. Okay. And uh, love can be quite a nebular sort of abstract thing for many people, or if it is more grounded, it tends to be a romantic type thing. For me, love at the most basic level, if we, if we ground it and get it down to a pragmatic level where we can actually be with it, it's about intelligent cooperation. Okay, let's, uh, let's hold on that. We're going to have to take a little break here just for a few minutes, a few minutes, and uh, we'll talk some more about that. Hold that thought, and we'll come back. This is The Art of Being, and you're listening to, this is your host, Reverend Warren Dale Blacker, with my guest, Yvette. Welcome back. Listening to Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. The philosopher Plato said, The unexamined life is not worth living. In a world where it is paramount that we earn a living and provide for those who depend upon us, there seems to be little or no time for self evaluation. Survival receives all our attention. Yet, When you pause and take a look at the little things in your daily experience, a richer you will be discovered. In knowing yourself, you develop a better understanding of others. In Unity, we support the spiritual idea of knowing thyself. It's how we can all bring a healing, compassionate attitude to an ever-changing world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Is there something missing from your life? Are you searching for answers to life's big questions? If so, explore spiritual education and enrichment classes from Unity Institute. We offer courses on a broad range of topics in a variety of convenient formats. Our online and distance learning classes allow you to study from the comfort of home. You can also take classes at our beautiful Unity Village campus, as well as at Unity Centers throughout the United States. Regardless of your faith or educational background, our classes are designed to help you realize greater health, love, peace, and prosperity in your life. Online and on-campus classes are already forming for 2008. To learn more, visit us online at www.unityinstitute.org SEE or call 816-251-3535. You're listening to Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. now and you're listening to The Art of Being with Reverend Warren Dale Blackford. It's your moment to share your questions, observations, and requests with Reverend Dale. Call him now toll-free at 1-888-346-9194. We return now to The Art of Being. Welcome back to The Art of Being. This is your host, Reverend Dale Blackford. 
And uh, I'm, I have a guest here with us, if you just tuned in or if you're continuing on, and my guest is uh, Jonathan Evatt. Uh, he's the author of Peace, Power, and Presence, Wisdom for a, Wisdom for a Life of Freedom, and, uh, and he's a spiritual teacher. Uh, he, he makes his home in, uh, in New Zealand, but he travels quite a bit around the world teaching, and um, in fact, I've Hopefully, we'll get some more information on that in this program. I may have, who knows, he's going to be here a little while. I may have him back. I know you guys are liking, loving what you're hearing from him. Um, so, Jonathan, you were, when we were in the last break, you were saying that, that your definition of love was... Uh, yeah, it was love, love at, a, at the most pragmatic level. Um, I, I define it as intelligent cooperation. Intelligence simply being, again, that which orientates towards wholeness towards uh, that which is life-giving, that which is uplifting to life. Uh, cooperation is self-explanatory. It's, it's simply when we cooperate, so we function together. So if two people are, uh, or let's say even if it's just one person, if the world around me is in a drama and there's someone there that's involved in some particular story or drama and that's the energy that's flying around, when I can remain present with my center in the body and stay at that feeling level, um, rather than going up into the head and into the stories and the reactivity and all that sort of stuff that's, that's normal. Um, what I was saying was that, was that the calls that people are making to me, whether they're shouting abuse at me or blaming me for something or getting annoyed at me for something, whatever their call, whatever form it seems to take on, that essentially it, it transforms into a call for love. Mm. And, and I very much re then receive it as that. So therefore, my response is, is, is going to be coming from a place of how can I most intelligently cooperate with this for the upliftment of us both. There's some power here that's, that's, that, that wants to come into being, mm -hmm. their being and my being. I'm ultimately only really responsible for my being, so I'll stay present to that. And uh, how the other person then chooses to, to involve themselves into that, that that's their business. Mm -hmm. um, but it means I'm no longer in that place of, of reacting. Uh, I'm simply remaining present to what's unfolding and, and approaching that in whatever way, essentially uh, in whatever way brings with it the heart. Okay. At any moment I can stop and pause. If I'm about to uh, approach something in a particular way, I can just ask myself and just check in, is this a path with heart? And the heart is that quality in man that, that's inclusive. It can incorporate anything and everything. Whereas the rational mind, with all its boxes and then definitions, it, it, it really only incorporates what is already in the known, what has already been mapped out in my known realm or, or world or sphere of activity, yet it, it can't have anything to do with the unknown. And all the time, there's things trying to bubble their way out of the unknown. So when this person comes into the room and there's a particular drama playing out, there's something trying to push its way up from the unknown into the known. And therefore, if I'm approaching that with the heart, I'm going to be open to that and open to the idea that, that I don't know. That, that right now, I may not know what's actually going on here. Mm -hmm. um, and, and therefore, I, can, I just have to stay with, with the feeling. And what I've found is that that feeling level in the body, it's highly intelligent and it's, it's very intimately connected into spirit. And therefore, it's, from that place, I always know what to do. I'll know what, what is right action. And sometimes that may be non-action, that I just, I don't act. I, th I think that's one of the things that interests me that you've been talking about, and it's part of my path now, too. I've noticed that 
even as I became more present, part of it was doing a body focus meditation that really mm-hmm. helped me. Mm-hmm. And I know you've talked a lot about since the time we've been together, and I, and I think, I, I guess I'd like to hear a little bit more about your feeling, because you keep referencing it, too. In, in spiritual teachings, a lot of times, we, I've noticed this, that we, we've, sometimes we get lost and we get, we get like into the mental, emotion. We think the mental, emotional, spiritual realm is, the, is this high realm. And, and in the past, sometimes the teachings has been almost like neglect of the body, Yet I'm finding the body's really important, and you're you're talking a lot about like you you actually you you feel in the body. Could you could you talk more about mm-hmm. what, what the how, how the body plays in with uh, within spiritual practice? Yeah, that's a very um, important point, and it's a major part of the the work I'm doing and the approach I take to to spirituality and to life itself. I don't really separate the two. Um, that a lot of what I've seen is out there has, has come from an era in the, the scheme of things through time where there's been a lot of focus on what I would describe as a more masculine approach to life. And one of the effects of that has been almost an exclusion or at times a complete negation of um, basic things like the body, like our emotions, the earth, nature, plants and, and uh, all these sorts of quite grounded, earthy things. And um, with, with a, a focus or an orientation of, of somehow getting out of here, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah, that we're, yeah. we're stuck here and, and now I'm going to pursue some sort of a spiritual path that will get me out of here, that I can um, transcend all this. It's almost like the, the whole thing of like the old Chris, Judeo-Christian thing about Life will, if I can put up with this, life will be great when I get to heaven. And it, it, it seems like it translates the same in, in when we take it to a higher spiritual practice. It, it can almost go the same way. It's like still yeah. when, we, when, we, when we're out of this physical experience. Yeah, that, that theme seems to uh, run through most of the common uh, religious approaches I've seen. And I've looked at the vast majority of them. Um, and even more modern ones, I mean, I have a friend who, who's uh, one of her family members is, is for instance, in a, the Rosicrucians, and I wasn't too familiar with their work. But again, I saw the same theme, and uh, I see it popping up all over the place. It's kind of this thing that, that somehow all of this is a mistake, that it's, it's, it's just a big bad error, and uh, if we do the right stuff, we can, we can get out of it. And uh, to, to me, that's not much different to the person who becomes... Uh, I don't know, dependent on, a, on drug usage, for instance. They, they want to, and they even use the language to get out of it. Yeah. Oh, I got so out of it last night. That was great. And there's this whole thing of getting out of it, but it's like, well, getting out of what? You, you chose to incarnate here. You know, you, in, in all your wisdom and all your magnificence, you made this choice to step into the flesh and to be here on the earth. Yeah. And now we're going to run around and do whatever we can to get back out of it. Right. In fact, you know, it's funny. I was listening to a spiritual teacher the other day, a great teacher, but he said something like, he kept, he kept emphasizing, saying, we all go home. We mm-hmm. all go home eventually. We were we going to all go home. And I, I wanted to say, where's that? Mm-hmm. As if, like, you know, like the idea is like we're going to go somewhere other than what is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Know? So, I mean, that, that home is, is right here and now. Yeah. And, and what you and I, that, that I am within me and the I am within you, it's never changed. It's never left that place where it was created. And, and it's never swayed from the perfection in which it was created. It, it always is that, and that, that can never be defiled. It can never be altered. 
Um, so from my point of view, there's, there's no sense of, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of spiritual paths, again, as part of this whole level of thinking, they get into the idea that, that somehow as a being, as a soul, if we use that language, um, you know, I'm, I've, in a, in, from a Christian point of view, I've got this original sin. Or from a, uh, uh, I remember reading a, a book from the Hare Krishna text from the Bhagavad Gita, and there's this real emphasis on the idea that we're, you know, we're, we're corrupted and, and there's something wrong with us. Uh, so much so in this day and age that there's really no way out without, you know, all coming together and being Hare Krishnas in this case and following particular teachings and gurus and all the rest of it. And it was like this whole sense of, to me, when I read all that, there's just a real sense of oppression inside my heart. Yeah, yeah, my, my heart knows that, that there's something else at foot here. And uh, there's, there's no error. There's no mistake. So the, the only mistake is, is simply within my mind from moment to moment, my mistake on reality, and that's the word mistake, is just to mistake reality. I take it being one way when in fact it's another way. And uh, one of those mistakes can be the, the mistake that there's, there's something wrong here, yeah, yeah. rather than the realization that actually there's, there's a, an extraordinary, exquisite perfection um, playing out through all that I see and experience and perceive. And if you're in your mind thinking, you know, especially if you're using your mind to correct what you think is wrong, you can't ever be present to see what's, what's real because it's like you're not available. Mm -hmm. You're just occupied mm -hmm. all the time. Like that's why I kind of see it in, in the, the kind of practice I do is I see a lot of people uh, obsessed with becoming better, like becoming the Christ, becoming this. And it's like they're not. So mm -hmm. they spend all their time trying to figure out how to be it. And, you know, it's like that story, the Ram, what is it, the, the famed, Ramakrishna said, the famed musk deer searches the, the world over for the scent that comes from itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and that whole uh, trip, I guess, of, of, of becoming something, I mean, again, it, it has its own unique purpose, it has its own unique function in the scheme of things, um, yet as an ultimate reality, again, I know for me that there's just a feeling in the heart that, you know, this can't be. Because if it's true now, it's, it's always true. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, I will never arrive. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be perpetually in a state of becoming something that I'm not now because what I am now is somehow wrong. Yeah. And uh, what I experience that setting up in myself and I've, I see it in other people is, is we end up being split. And, and wherever we have a split occurring and this sort of separation, we end up with a war of one kind or another. These different aspects of myself that, that are split. Um, this is future possible self and the self I think I am now and the, the self I'm judging I was in the, in the past and, and all these other splits we get, they kind of end up going to war with each other. And this at a collective level projects out into the world and hence I think the statistics are for the last 2,000 years we've had on average 100 wars in any given moment. So it's, we're kind of in this perpetual war externally. To me, that is just a manifestation, a reflection of what's happening inside, uh, you know, ordinary man and woman at this time. And you think of all these possible selves that we create, like all the all the different conversations. It's no wonder there's so much mental noise going on mm -hmm. because it's like we've got it's, we've got like the whole crowd in there, the whole crowd, <laughs> like yeah, just yakking away. Like, no, do it this way. No, do it this way. No, don't do this. Or we need this. We need that. Yeah, and they're all they're all battling it out. Yeah. And then we project that out onto the crowd we see around us. Yeah. And yeah. I see all these separate individual selves, and and I go to war with them. <laughs> and uh, yeah. 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 It's 
it's it's it's it's it's amazing. It's it's also funny too. I mean, I laugh at it because I, I, the more I look at my my practice of sometimes what just is so insane. I mean, to be able to see that, even the the idea that uh, uh, we're going to come up on a break here, but the idea that you you mentioned about how you can see that if you if you are always trying for something that's always in the future, it can never be now. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting mm-hmm. way to, to actually be able to see that. We're going to take a break here again. It's, uh, we're, we're about at the break point here. This is The Art of Being. This, uh, we're interviewing my, my guest, my beloved guest, is Jonathan Nevat, and this is your host, Reverend Warren Dale Blackford. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity FM. How's life working for you? Would it be okay with you if it got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful, more vibrant? Join Reverend Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for spiritual coaching, creating a vibrant life. Each week, Carla visits with leading-edge coaches as they explore the sacred purpose and stunning results of this exciting and emerging coaching model. Together, they reveal the secrets and successes of this transformational process. Call in and join the discussion as Carla creates a safe and sacred space to dialogue about real life and real-world transformations. That's spiritual coaching, living a vibrant life with Reverend Carla McClellan. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on YouTube. Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Programming on Unity FM is supported in part through the tithes and love offerings of listeners like you. To make a tax-deductible contribution in support of this outreach ministry, go to www.unityfm and click on Contribute. Your gifts help us continue to bring you your favorite programs while reaching out to spiritual seekers around the world. Thank you for your loving support of Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. If you or someone you love has ever failed at anything, remember, accomplishments are often built on successful failures. Our greatest heroes have survived setbacks and losses of some kind. What makes them heroic is their capacity to have compassion for themselves, to know when to reach out for help, and to always, always start again. We learn to do something by first believing and then by doing it. In Unity, we celebrate the spiritual gift of strength given to us by our Creator. There is an unlimited amount of strength and courage available to you now. Trust it and expand your life. The result will be positive changes in you and the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity FM. Welcome once again to The Art of Being with Rev. Warren Dale Blackford. Your questions, observations, and requests like you are perfect. 
Call now and be part of the program. Toll free at 1-888-346-9194. That's 1-888-346-9194. Now back to Reverend Dale and the Art of Being. Hi, welcome back. This is your host, Reverend Dale Black, and I'm with uh, Jonathan Evatt. And uh, we're, we're talking about the same stuff in different ways. And um, um, one of the things I'd like, I wanted to ask John, we were talking, by the way, I've got to tell you, this, this is really, get this, this in your mind. We're, you know how, how things, a lot of times you think things are, are one thing. And Jonathan and I, we're sitting in his room. He's on the bed. I'm sitting here on my chair, and we're just having a great time talking on the phone. Picture that in your mind. That's how all this wisdom's coming out. We're just... We're just comfy, having a great time here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are. So, at any rate, you were mentioning that during the break, you were saying uh, about the, and just before, too, you were talking about the splits that take place, and you were saying that there's, what you see is the, the main fundamental split in, like, in, in beliefs and religion, and could you talk some more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so, before the break, we were talking about this, yeah, these splits that take place in the mind of people. Um, the fundamental Split or, or neurosis that I see arising, and I've I've found very few spiritual paths or spiritual teachings that don't get into this. And um, it was really when I was writing my book, and I, I was feeling into how do I approach this topic, and I started approaching it the way it's normally approached, and uh, it just got to the point where I couldn't write on that level of thinking anymore, and I had to go back. It's been a lot of work going back through the whole book and uh, completely rewriting anything that referred to the ego. And <clears throat> so the, the split that I see there is, is there's this idea that, that, well, even to talk about it seems strange, that, that here I am and then there's this ego. Um, it, we, even if we get to, to the word ego, it's a Latin word and it's, it's Latin for I. So where in English we use the word I, that's what ego refers to in, in, in the Latin language. Um, so a basic question I ask people when they refer to their ego, I ask them, well, who's the one that's noticing all this? Oh, my, you know, they might say to me, oh, well, my ego really wanted me to do this. And it's like, well, who's the one talking about this? And they're like, well, that's me. Well, but who's this ego you're referring to? And in essence, there is only one I. And what I've found is that so long as we're approaching the world and reality through through our rational mind and our, and our capacity to think. Again, as I said earlier, that only deals with the known. And for most people, for ordinary man at this time, our sense of the known with regards to who and what we are is really, really limited. It only takes in a very uh, small bandwidth of, of, of what's out there, a small fraction of, of what's there. And therefore, we end up with a very limited sense of self. Um, therefore, the the ego or the I within man uh, only incorporates a, a tiny fragment of, of the true I that, that we really are, that, that I am presence that's in us. And uh, rather than somehow negating that, to me that, that, that really doesn't, that's no different from negating a child. You know, when that child is born and it's very young and it's growing up, from a purely human point of view, we know that that child's going to grow into an adult. Yet, we don't sort of approach, well, some people do, but from a, a normal healthy point of view of raising children, 
it's generally considered not healthy to somehow start approaching that baby from the point of view that there's something wrong with it because it's currently perceives itself and it is a baby because it is you know in 20 years time it's going to be a, a fully grown human being um, rather than negating the child you know we simply nurture and honor and and, and that child keeps expanding its sense of self until it eventually steps into what we describe as an adult so from that point of view the the, the ego in most people is is like a, just a young child and and it has a, a fairly limited and simplistic way of of uh, approaching itself and and what its sense of self is is, is very small um, as we approach life and ourselves through the heart Rather than, um, I mean, we can go down a path of aggrandizing the ego, and, and I, uh, a metaphor I use in the book is that that's a bit like putting more air into a little tiny balloon. You know, get those little balloons that you have for uh, making water bombs out of, mm-hmm. and uh, they're little mini balloons, and you fill them up with water, and they get really tight. It's like we're, we're just pushing more air into that balloon and, and stretching the, 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 the fabric of the balloon, whereas... And, and that would be the approach of, of the mind. The approach of the heart is actually that the, the, we just end up with more and more fabric for the balloon. So it doesn't have to go into high pressure. It just, it's just expanding. There's actually, it's taking on a bigger and bigger sense of self um, until ultimately one realizes that the, the I that I am is the I of infinity, or what might some, some might call the I of God, and that actually I'm just a, a, the, the, the tip of that same eye that we might say is the eye of God. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore, there's nothing to negate. And, and we don't get into any of the split. It's just simply recognizing that this yeah. is how I currently see myself. And, and these are the sorts of things I try and do and think and say, but it's all the same one presence going through that experience. There's no, you know, here's this ego and here I am, because, again, we're using the word I. Well, that, that is the ego in, in a sense. Unless I go into complete, uh, completely dissolve my awareness into what we might describe as the emptiness, um, where one loses all sense of self, but but ultimately, even in that, it's 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 really a sense that everything is the self and no thing at the same time. That there's just one vast self, and its consciousness is unfolding. Okay. Yeah. So, in part. You know, it seems to me that part of what I find experiencing is that um, where I get in trouble is a lot. If and it's even trouble, it's where I I think I'm getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. Is when I when I real when I start thinking that anything <clears throat> anything really needs to be fixed more than seen, just mm-hmm. noticed. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you know, when you talk about the expansion of the ego and things like that. Even that shows itself. It shows how it shows you when to. I mean, it shows you when to expand. It shows you when to. I mean, when you release, people ask me a lot of times, "How do you let go? How do you release?" And I and I go, "Well, you release when I. For me, I I just say I release when I'm I'm ready to release. It's like I just mm-hmm. it just happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't make it happen. And all the times that I've tried to make it happen because I think that I needed it to happen, it's just I got more caught up in a, in an illusion about what I was believing it to be mm, mm. yeah yeah and even that that thing you know i use the the term expand uh again be be, be careful not to, that we don't approach that again as a sense of achieving anything from, from my point of view it's all about participation 
Uh, and from a purely human point of view and a human perspective, you know, and, and from me and our listeners and everyone else, it's, it's simply a question of how fully am I participating in what is right now? That includes what is about my own nature. Mm-hmm. Um, that includes what is about everything I perceive around me. And, and it's just different degrees of participation. And, and, and participating more fully isn't something I achieve. It's just something, it's, it's a bit like having a, a, a five-story house, a big mansion, and it's got 100 rooms in it. Um, and perhaps I've got used to the idea that I just sort of walk in the front door and I hang out in the hallway. And the rest of the house, I just don't go there. Yeah, yeah. And then when I'm out on the street talking to friends and they say, you know, how's life? I say, well, you know, I live in a really dingy little home. <laughs> and they're like, really? I, I just came by and picked you up earlier. I mean, that was a, a mansion you had there. And you're like, well, not really. You should come by sometime. <laughs> it's, uh, it's tiny and, you know, it's, it's only about a meter wide and, and, uh, and, and so on. And so then I... To participate more fully, you know, one day I get home and I, I notice that there's a door at the back of that hallway and it's slightly ajar, and it's like, oh, you know, what's what's back there? Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of us have memories of painful experiences that, for whatever reason, and it was appropriate at the time, we weren't able to fully process and integrate those experiences. So they they're just sort of waiting there, and they're waiting in these other rooms of the mansion. So we might get to that door and open it, and we get a whiff of something that kind of reminds us of that experience and then often we'll just shut the door again and say, whoa, I don't want to go there. Um, and if we eventually do feel motivated to go in there, we might swing that door open and, and it's pitch black. And, and it's like, whoa, it's, it's kind of dark in there. And, and a, lot of, a lot of us, again, we, we have an innate sort of belief around the shadow, around what we could describe as, as darkness in us. And, and again, we talked earlier about these spiritual approaches that are all about somehow transcending life and transcending the earthly realm. Another aspect of that is that we've got to transcend this darkness. Yeah, yeah. And uh, whereas my experience is, is that actually that needs to be integrated and embraced, that the heart can incorporate all of that, that, that the darkness has no power unto itself. It's only the absence of light, and it's only the perceived absence of light. Right, right. So... When I go into that room, let's say for whatever crazy reason, I end up venturing in there, or perhaps someone shoves me in there. You know, I get into an argument, and they trigger me off, and boom, they've just thrusted me into that dark room at the back of the hallway. And uh, I'm sort of fumbling around in there and crashing into things and stumbling over this because I can't see a thing. And again, I may then find the door out because there's a little glimmer of light coming through the door, and I think, whoa, you know, what? I, how am I going to deal with this? You know, I've got, it's, it's tough in there. All I've got to do is flick the light switch on. And there it comes. And that light switch is, the, is our awareness. Yeah, yeah. That, that when I bring awareness, then, then the lights go on. Okay. Well, yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about it. We've got one more, one more <coughs> segment here. So this is The Art of Being. And uh, come on back and be with us, and we're going to share some more. There is a place where inspiration and convenience unite, dailyword.com. Whether you're seeking inspiration or comfort, you'll find what you're looking for at dailyword.com. Here you will discover daily messages of hope and encouragement, an online community for sharing your thoughts, searchable archives, and so much more. 
Visit dailyword.com today and connect to the joy of positive living. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity FM. now and you're listening to The Art of Being with Reverend Warren Dale Blackford. It's your moment to share your questions, observations, and requests with Reverend Dale. Call him now toll-free at 1-888-346-9194. We return now to The Art of Being. Welcome back. This is The Art of Being, your host, Reverend Dale. Uh, just a little housekeeping since it's our last segment, and I want to get these in before because we'll probably get rolling here, and we'll run out of time again. It's so much fun doing this. Uh, reminder that uh, the, just reminder this program and all the other programs here on Unity FM are brought to you by you again. It's your generosity and final support, that, uh, financial support that keeps us on the air. So go to our homepage and click on Give and and give as you're receiving. It's a great thing to do. It's, it's the flow of life. Uh, and also next week, I want to remind you next week, uh, just I'll talk about next week. We're, I'm not sure, you know, you never know with me what I'm going to talk about. Tentatively, this is what we're going to talk about. Easter morning, why do you seek the living among the dead? And uh, when we're looking for miracles, we're wise to look for the signs of their happening rather than the evidence of their failure. We see what we're willing to open our eyes to, whether it's the same old scenario or the immediate change in reality that we've longed, hoped, and prayed for. So that. That's kind of what I'm thinking next week, and we'll just we'll see from there. Uh, also, feel free to email me and, and give me your suggestions too on on, on what you how do you like to see this program develop. And I'd, um, uh, also a reminder: if you're listening to this program in the in, in the Toronto area, which I know this goes all around the world, but if you're in the Toronto area, Jonathan's going to be uh, actually at our at Unity of Mississauga this this uh, Saturday or this Sunday, excuse me. He'll be doing both his nine nine eleven o'clock services at Unity Church of Mississauga, and also. We'll be doing a workshop in the in the afternoon from one to four on the Christ within. So please, uh, you know, if you're in the area, come on in and join us. And and I'll tell you more about Jonathan because he's going to be here for a little while. And we're really blessed to have him. Uh, and Jonathan, if people wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way? You have a website, right? Yes, they can um, go to my website, uh, which is www. Uh, the short version is j e v a t t. dot com. That'll go through to my website. So it's j e v a t t dot com. All right. Um, there's a form they can fill out there. They email me, and uh, can they pick up your book that way too? Or, or um, if they uh, the book's best bought on on any of the Amazon stores or okay. any other online bookstore that you like, it can be ordered and sent out. Okay, great. Um, and again, that book is is called Peace, Power, and Presence. Wisdom for a Lifetime of Freedom, and it's by Jonathan Evatt. That's E-V-A-T-T. And just, just two days ago, it won another another award, so that's the, the third. Um, so, yeah, it seems uh, people are really liking it. Yeah, well, it's very, it's really a refreshing uh, thing to, to read what you're writing and hear, and hear what you're talking about, Jonathan, because it's, it's just so simple and clear, and I really appreciate what I really appreciate you being on the program with us. Oh, I'm I'm really happy to be here. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we've got a little more time left. We were talking about light. I was I was telling you, uh, well, but by, I think I've shared this on the program. But when you were talking about light, I was remembering this analogy I got. It's like that 
when we walk into a room, we if, if it's dark, all we need to do, like take a flashlight in and we turn it on and it lights the whole place up. And it's like the mind somehow in this whole idea of duality thinks that darkness is just as real, that we could we could walk into we could walk into a room filled of light and we could take a flash dark in with us and turn it on and it would make the make the room all dark. But but that's not the truth. The reality is, is light is light is everywhere. It, it's just the only the only time we get darkness is when we somehow in either in, in, in our minds or in seemingly somehow some way we, we seem to block out the light. Yeah, and again it's another mistake on reality. Like and that. uh if, if we even look, look at the word sin, because uh, I know in some some paths, in the Christian path and, and uh, numerous other paths, there's this idea of sin. If we go back to the origins of that word, uh, sine in Greek, we have essentially to miss the mark. And that, that's the definition of it, that I miss the mark. So if you get the image of an archer pulling his uh, arrow and aiming for that bullseye, to sin is to simply not hit the bullseye. And as the archer would know, you just take another shot. It's no big deal. Um, so, again, the, the, the sin, so to speak, if there is any, is just simply that I'm, I'm missing the mark. I'm making a mistake on reality. That reality is, it's perfect, it's beautiful, it's magnificent. That includes the reality of, of myself and what I am. And uh, I can either miss the mark on that or I can hit a bullseye. And uh, it's, it's all it really comes it's down a question to. Of, it's a question of reality, of, of your perception of reality, too, because it reminds me of one of my favorite philosophers, Ashley Brilliant. He said, uh, to be always sure of hitting the target, shoot first, and whatever you hit, call it the target. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And, I, and you know, I used to laugh at that and think that's kind of cute. And, but the more and more I live, the more and more I see that's actually a very true statement because, because I, ex- my, I expand my expectation of what I think the target of life is. I allow it to expand. And that makes life so beautiful yeah. to live like that. Yeah. And often we don't know exactly what the target is. And uh, in, in missing the mark and, and hitting something else, I, I can simply in, incorporate that and realize that that happened for me and happened through me. And it has one divine intention, which is to bring that which I am fully into being now. Yeah. 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 You were talking about the knowing and uh, the known and the unknown. Because a lot of times when I'm thinking about what I'm aiming for, it's all—it's kind of like rooted in the concept of the known, of what I think is the known, which mm-hmm. is that small arena. And mm-hmm. when I when I miss it, if I'm open to it, I I start seeing. It's like I'm starting to see. That. I start to see the unknown. I start. I'm open to that by by opening that. A lot of the Byron Katie work I do, like where if I miss the target, and I say, "Oh, you missed the target," and I'll ask myself, "Do I know that that's true? Mm-hmm. Do I know that that's the target? Mm-hmm. Do I know that I missed it?" Yeah, you know? yeah, and everything and everything starts expanding. Everything starts expanding, mm-hmm. and I start seeing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that unknown realm is is whilst we're in human embodiment and, and perceiving things through our, our the faculties that we have, most of what's out there is 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 unknown, and then there's all what I would define as a third realm of the unknowable, and there's only a tiny fraction of it's in the known. And uh, it's, it's my task as man to be mapping that out, that the unknown is constantly being mapped into the known. And, uh, and that's, that's what we're doing all the time. Do you, you know, we don't have a lot of time, but do you see, do you, are you seeing a lot, a lot of like, uh, awareness really expanding this time of, the, of, of, of creativity? There are, I mean, you, are you seeing people opening up to be more aware? Are you noticing that? Yeah, it, there's, there's huge changes happening all over the world. 
Um, I, I travel around a lot, as Dale said, and uh, I've recently been in Finland, um, and, and things are changing fast uh, all over the place. It's, it's really people, and in all spheres of, of, of human activity, I mean, my father there is working a lot with big companies, I mean, really large companies like Nokia and other big big corporations, and people really want to know more. They're really opening up and they're, they're, they're expanding in their sense of what's what and who they are and what their purpose is. And uh, it's happening in all fields. So, um, yeah, it's great. Very exciting. Yeah, it's a exciting time to be alive. I very, think. very good. To see, not, not only to see things, but to be, like, like to be with people that you can talk with them about and share reflections and, and both kind of both of you with wide eyes going like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's a great time to be alive. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, one more cough left, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we're getting near the end of the program here. Any any last comments you want to share? Uh, just that it's been fantastic to be here and to uh, be with all the listeners. Yeah. And um, I look forward to doing it again. Oh, yeah. I think we'll do that while you're here. If people have questions they want to send in to Dale by email or... We can look at those next time. Absolutely. In fact, one of the things uh, I'm hoping that I'd like to do a program with you about, because we started talking about the body, and you've had a profound effect on me just from what you shared. I want to really share with the listeners about the idea of intelligent food Mm -hmm. and how we we support the body so that it helps support us. Mm -hmm. uh, And Mm -hmm. it just supports whole life. So I think we're going to get into that. Vital topic. Oh, yeah. I've noticed that. I just, in the four days I've been with you, since we've learned... Uh, we've been working with food and stuff. It's been it's been amazing. It's really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Can you can you hear me? Okay. Good. Good. So we're getting near the end. I think our battery's dying on our phone. I think that's what that sound is. Incoming call. Oh, okay. We got an incoming call. You got we got dogs barking. We got an incoming call. It's exciting. It's raw. It's live. So. At this point, reminder, this is The Art of Being, and I want to thank you all for listening. Again, email, email your comments and, and any questions or any insights you want. And uh, just remember to be well now and breathe in the joy of this moment. So important. This is The Art of Being. Tuning into the Art of Being, Unity, Inquiry, and the Power of Now with Reverend Warren Dale Blackford. Join us again every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, as we let the complex turn simple and what's hidden lay bare, all in this one radio moment. The Art of Being, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.